Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. It's our 99th episode, in fact. So welcome to the 99th episode of Sheologians. Maybe on the 100th, I'll no longer need a countdown and I'll remember my line. Um, <laughs> anyway, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Also, I might remember our voicemail number. We are here today to put the she... You do remember our voicemail number. You just think you don't I, okay but, but i do, do know it know it okay what can you guys 470-465-0475 that sounds really maybe right. it sounds really right that sounds <laughs> I, like on that the other hand no <laughs> none of the parts okay okay we are here today to put the she in shellac oh okay which is um it's a resin that's mm-hmm. secreted by the female lac bug on trees <laughs> in the forests bug? What? of India and Thailand. That's what Wikipedia said. I'm not making this up. What? It's a resin secreted by the female lac bug, L-A-C bug. Lac bug, right? Lac? That's where the word shellac comes yeah. from? Yeah. That's what the Wikipedia said. So... I mean, it has to be true, right? That's how it works. I mean, I want it to be true. I want it to be true. And if it's not, I want to meet the person that has managed <laughs> to maintain that piece of information on, Wikipedia. on the Wikipedia page. Right. But it's kind of cool because it's like she lack the lack yeah. of the female lack bug. Yeah. I, thought. I legitimately thought you were making all that up. No. It's on trees in the forests of India and Thailand. I should know that we don't make things up here. No, we don't make anything up, please. <laughs> um, but I don't actually know what shellac is used for. I've just heard the word. Right. So it's you, usually referring to like some sort of coating that you put onto another thing that's like protective in some way. Oh, okay. So like it's so like you could like put shellac. Yeah. Or like you could shellac. I don't know if it's a what is it a noun. I mean, it's a resin, so <laughs> yeah, secreted by go. the female lac bug. So you can shellac your deck if you don't want it to be damaged from rain. Oh, wood. I'd have to go outside for that kind of thing. Right. It is sort of an out. You definitely don't want to shellac a lot of things indoors. Why? It's pretty tends to be kind of toxic. Oh, like it goes into the air and okay. So like, don't shellac anything in a small closet. Okay. Unless you want to pass out in there. <laughs> Which we don't recommend. <laughs> anyway, now that you guys have had this mini lesson on whatever that is, my name is Summer. <laughs> and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that I am the one that makes very obvious jokes on this show. Okay. Therefore, your compliment today is that I find it an incredible privilege <laughs> To record this podcast with you, and I understand why other people would be incredibly jealous <laughs> that I get to do so. 
I didn't even think that. Oh, that was good. Obvious. That was good. You just had to use what you're you were given yeah this is the one thing i can do is say obvious things so (laughs) i think it's why we're both here honestly (laughs) right to say the obvious thing just state the obvious and that's it well good job (laughs) you're right i am joy are you and i'm here with my beautiful co-host who i just want all of you guys to know and summer to know okay you are such an expert at sleep training <laughs> and also get ready for a lot of messages and emails on sleep training. No, that'll be the obligatory. Um, sleep training is bad for your kids. Oh, yeah. Messages. And it's like the most. Oh, my goodness. When I first. Why wouldn't you just let them wake up and sleep whenever they want? Because I'm a human being. <laughs> And I like to sleep at night. I don't know. Imagine that. Are they just like <laughs> little people that are supposed to listen to your instruction? Yeah, they are. But like and you do oh what's no. best for them. Oh, no. How do I reverse out of this? Back up, back up, back up. So it's true, though. I have been. Um, yes. The, when you say sleep training in a room full of women, the next thing that happens is everything lights on fire because everyone oh. has. 12,000 opinions on it and you just you know, got now it. that you mention it this room is on fire it's everything's on fire right now because why did I do that why did you set the whole <laughs> studio on fire <laughs> but thank you because people do tell me that my kids are so easy to put down for naps so that's nice yeah that's that's one that is privilege the, so of, if you ever watch summer's kids she'll be like do this 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 and this and they'll go to bed yeah no questions asked. Yes. I'm a routine sleeper, so I make sure that my kids are routine sleepers. Right. And I, I, if you just, you know, for the record, that's not how you want your babies to sleep. This is how much I care. None caring. <laughs> just It's fine. Do You're it. fine with it. Great. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's great. Wonderful. <laughs> that's your privilege. Just <laughs> enjoy it and go with it and... I like to sleep train my kids. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Hey, Joy. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> it's not going to be Except fine. for all this fire <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> speaking of fire. Speaking of it. Um, this is our 99th absolutely fire episode. <laughs> and I just can't believe it. I tried to come up with like a noise to do for that. <laughs> I, I saw like, your head what move. Is fire make? Like, what's the fire noise? Crackle, crackle. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, there's fire. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> nah. Um, that would be way too much work. Um, that's just the noise. I th- like, I was going to be like, pew, pew, but that's not fire. <laughs> that's not fiery sounding. I've never heard fire do that. Have I told you my dad's thing about how, like, boys can totally make the best, like, Oh yeah, like sounds, mm-hmm. like they can make, they like, can do impressions, impressions, can, and I mean, not that women can't, but it tends. No, no, that's his, no, that no, that's his thing. Be, no, no, that's his thing. He's like he'll like imitate like a fighter jet sound uh, flying by, yeah. and then he'll be like, "Okay, you do it," and I'm like, "Pew pew," 
and it confirms. There you go, Doctor White. <laughs> everything he thought. My fire sound was pew pew. <laughs> he just thinks, and oh no, there's wire. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks it's like a skill that men have that women just don't. I am really excited to hear some men though call into our <laughs> voicemail. And make fire noises. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear what fire. Yes, it's cheating if you actually set something on fire and then <laughs> hold the phone up to it. Right. That's not acceptable. Please don't set things on fire just for a voicemail. <laughs> That's really not worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like a lot of men like really need license. They're just going to go out into somewhere and light a fire. You could say men don't light things on fire. It's not going to It's stop not going to work. It doesn't work. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. What kind of male privilege are they enjoying there? (laughs) Okay, maybe we should talk about something. Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe privilege. Yeah. This was your idea. It was. I would just want you to take the credit. Yeah. Well, so we've talked about privilege kind of. Have we? As a a component of some of our other episodes, Mm -hmm. it's come up. Okay. But we just haven't really... Sure. Just talked about it. It's like you can't even get a. It's it's such a. Uh, it's a doctrine now, right? And like so many things are built around it, that you can't escape it. Right. Like there's no escaping the topic of privilege yeah. if you are speaking to anybody in 2018. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and so it's one of those things that irritates me because at face value, mm-hmm. it is. It's almost like a legitimate unit of measurement okay you know like i think our privilege i think we all have privileges and we've all had hardships and i'm not speaking about anything specifically right here like the point is is that as humans like we can all of us can measure privileges in our life mm -hmm. that we've been given whatever you want them to be whether they were given to you from god or from your parents or maybe not Right. And that's right. You know, um, that's a that's a whole nother thing that goes more into our suffering. Well, stuff. Sure. But um, so it's a legitimate thing that exists that we decided to give a name. But it's like a it's like a unit of measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we did was we took that and we gave it a negative connotation. Right. So it does mean something. Right. It is a unit of measurement that we we use to determine, in my opinion, how experienced someone is within the world or within the human experience. Okay. Um, and I think that the reason why it's it's taken that slant is that um, nowadays your ultimate identity is your experience that's what like becoming the most actualized person that you can be by gaining wisdom through experiences Mm -hmm. and learning and Mm -hmm. and and all this stuff and so it it's really it's become an important Mm -hmm. unit in our society yeah so all that makes sense hopefully Mm -hmm. the thing is is though is like this is the part of it that gets me fired up. Okay. Is that um, we've, we've applied. I'm, I don't even want to say for the first time in history, because we've all been doing all these same things for forever. Yep. But um, 
I want to know how sustainable this negative connotation of privilege is. And this is what makes me mad is that, okay, so you're an adult, you're existing, you're doing all the things you think you should do to glorify yourself and therefore find yourself and therefore be the most actualized you can be, which without God is why you're here. That would be the only reason why you're here on this planet is to figure out who you are. And I mean, at least in terms of someone who wants to contribute anything, something to society. Mm-hmm. Um, so my problem is what about like where, what is the legacy of a negative connotation of privilege? Right. Um, what is, what is the legacy that what do we, what are we passing down? Right. To the next generation. Right. Z. Mm-hmm. Um, when we say that privilege mm-hmm. is a bad thing and we laud a lack of privilege. Right. There are, um, I don't know. I just like, okay. I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get fired up about that. Yeah. Well, there's a good reason for that. Um, so, I mean, obviously now privilege that that term is used as, as like a battering ram. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, if you're, if you're showing your privilege, then you're doing something negative to someone else. Right. Um, and so I decided to look up and kind of see if I could find like a definition. The first thing I did was just like type in privilege to Twitter and see what people were saying about it. Right. Are you ready for this? Oh, I can only imagine. And I'm not referencing a Christian song when I say that. <laughs> no. Or a movie. Is or, there a movie? There's a movie now. Okay. Dennis Quaid, man. Neither one. Nope, neither. I'm not. Okay. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Um, so here's some of the things that, um, just the first things that I found that popped up. Hashtag privilege. Um, privilege is a bleeped up caste system. Someone driving poorly. These are all examples of privilege. Amazon opening up an actual bookstore. An opposing baseball team that has more bats. Some people getting more out of their 24 hours in a day because they don't have to use public transportation. Getting away with murder or rape because of your skin color. That doesn't sound like a privilege to me. Um, Privilege is not acknowledging privilege. These were the first in the list. And then um, I read uh, from the Southern Poverty Law Center, a definition of white privilege, which I thought was interesting. It's not something that white people do on purpose. It is a transparent preference for whiteness that saturates our society. It provides white people with perks, advantages, immunity to challenges, and it shapes the world in which we live. Some of these perks include band-aids that match your skin tone, Skin color not working against you in terms of how others perceive you. Barbie dolls that look like you. People on TV that look like you. So on and so forth. That's like their official definition. Right. Of what? And it's only their privilege as Americans 
more than likely, I'm guessing, uh-huh. yes, that allows those to be problems, <laughs> considering right. Right. some people right. some people would consider it a privilege to not walk for their water. Some people would consider that a privilege. <laughs> but let's let's focus on the real important issues here. Um, so I guess kind of going into what you said. I do want to start out, actually, before you go on. Yeah. I want to say that I, not in terms of the way the world used it, uses it, but I do think that I'm privileged. I think that God yes. has blessed me yes. mightily. Yes. So if you want to call me privileged, I may not agree with how you got there, mm-hmm. but I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say mm-hmm. that, uh, God's providence for me has caused me to cry out very joyfully to him. Right. M- most likely more mm-hmm. than I've cried out. Right. In pain. Right. Um, and that is true. Yes. And I do, I think I definitely want to like, like at the end, I want to talk about what, all the great things we've been privileged right. with because I think that the world uses it as a dirty word and right. as, a, as an insult mm-hmm. um, when that's not what it is. Right. Um, I think what we're really dealing with is um, the fact that when we look around, we all see that we all have advantages and disadvantages in different areas. Mm-hmm. We're all... And I can admit that there are, there are groups of people, there are people that live in certain geographies mm-hmm. that have less than I have. I'm willing to sure. I'm willing to give a lot on the world's definition of privilege. Yeah. I just disagree with it being negative. Right. And so I think what we're actually talking about, and this is what it really, I think the nuts and bolts are, um, is that when we talk about equality, um, you and I would talk about equality of opportunity as opposed right. to equality of outcome. Yeah. And so we believe everybody should have equal opportunities to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to have the opportunity to um, interview for the job of CEO of Microsoft. That doesn't right. fit my skill set. But what I do mean is that um, I think that the idea of equality of outcome does sound like a reasonable proposition. It sounds like kind and it sounds like compassionate. But I think that it falls apart under any amount of scrutiny. Right. Because if you think about it, if you're if you're striving towards anything, if you're working towards anything, if you're working towards making progress or making an upward movement, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it'd be very easy to make everything equitable, and you could do that by everyone could just stop doing anything that requires any effort, um, right. and we could all just be the same. But Jesus taught that a worker is due his wages. So if you work really hard, and you get a pay increase, that's just and that's fair. Mm-hmm. And the guy who didn't work as hard doesn't get to say that you don't you don't deserve more pay than I do. Right. Well, um, and God's sovereignty covers the situation. This is a little more, I don't want to oversimplify this by any means, but there are situations, admittedly, where you are working as hard as you can. Right. And the <clears throat> outcome is not equal to someone right. who... Right. But I'm saying all things, all things actually equal. Are you really willing to say (laughs) that everyone who has accomplished something and achieved like some measure of success only got that because they were privileged or because someone else was oppressed? Right. That's not true. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what really gets me in the conversation is that it's this kind of, I think it's a, it's a, 
a looking at someone else and saying, why did you get that and not me? Right. Um, and we do live in a sinful world, which means there will be times where someone might get something that you were owed. And that right. is that is unjust and that is unfair. However, when we're looking at what we're owed, our eyes are pretty skewed. Right. Um, we don't do that accurately. No. Um, and I think that this this line of thinking has far reaching uh, problems down the line that we're not even we're so if we were more aware of history, we might not be willing to think this way. Right. So if I could bring this up again, because I've brought this up before, but this this verbiage, this way of thinking was what the Soviets were saying about the successful peasants that led to one of the worst genocides in, in history. Yes. Um, and if you haven't read about the whole Adormor, like you need to. Um, but their whole ideology was around the idea that these peasants who worked hard and built their farms and were producing things. And don't forget, these peasants were not privileged. Right. Like it was a matter of 20 to 30 years before that they were actually slaves. Like they mm -hmm. hadn't they hadn't been emancipated very long. They were actual peasants. Yeah. They were poor mm -hmm. and they worked hard and they built these farms and they were producing things and they were getting the lawful benefits of their work. And the Soviets wanted this land. They wanted what they were producing. And so what they did was that they they went into the, the little villages. And I mean, this is a different time. So try to imagine this. Right. It wasn't that hard to a different place, different, different place, time. different yeah. time. Um, so the Soviet intellectuals went into the villages and convinced the people in the villages that they weren't as successful as the successful farmers and that the successful farmers were really just taking what was theirs. Right. And they got these angry villagers to essentially wipe out the successful farmers all around the idea of oppression and privilege. Mm -hmm. And the end result of that was that over 6 million Ukrainians starved to death. Right. It was so bad. This is oh, how this did you mean equality of outcome? Right. Right. And it was so bad that the Soviets actually made posters. They had to put up posters mm -hmm. during this time that said, don't forget, it's wrong to eat your children. This ideology is wicked. It's really not about privilege. It's about resentment. Right. And the results are disastrous. And this is not how Christians should be thinking. Now, we are trying to make the distinction, like you said, where, yes, you can acknowledge that you have privileges. Yeah. But the idea that someone else's privilege is your oppression yeah. is a wicked lie. Yep. And it has murderous results. Mm -hmm. And Christians are lazy and they don't care. And it sounds compassionate when you're like, oh, I just want to acknowledge my privilege. Yeah. Listen to what you're actually saying. Your privileges, if they've been given to you by God, are not something you have to acknowledge and apologize for in any way. It's not, there's nothing for you to apologize for. Agreed. That's my, that, that's yeah. your rant. That's my rant. Sorry. Well, I also have a rant. Oh, 
Um, and this came from the whole idea for this episode, mm. as silly as it sounds, mm-hmm. came from, and, and this is why I go on this website. I have been looking forward to this. Okay. Is from BuzzFeed. No. And their <laughs> Are You Privileged quiz. Oh, that's right. Weren't we going to take that or did we take that? I took it. You took it. I think it. you ended up, I don't know if you ended up taking it. I don't remember. But so um, there was a, there was a, it's like a little checklist. So uh-huh. you check off the things that apply to you. Right. And then at the end, they give you your privilege score. Now, do I see this as anything reputable? No, of course not. But it, all those little things on the checklist, they indicate what the world would have you believe is privilege versus not. Um, and I saw some things on there that were just truly horrific to mm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that, okay. So I'm just, maybe I should just read this little like stream of consciousness that I wrote. Just do whatever, get it. It's so, your, it's your podcast. <coughs> you can do what you want to. So, um, and well, and I kind of touched on some of these things, so pardon any redundancy, but Basically, I I think that the law of the land is thou shalt know thyself through the world, its horrors and experiences. Um, if you if you don't know these things, you have a simplified plane of existence and your ability to understand the world and its experience adds complexity to your knowledge of the world, which makes you a more complete human or at least your human experience is more complete. Hmm. Um, so in order to rid yourself of privilege, which mean, which you would do by experiencing these things, mm-hmm. um, you must seek out hardship and you must know how the world really works. So I know that some people will hear that and they'll go like, oh, well, that's just an inference. Like you're just, that's not really like what we mean by any of it. And they would say that it's not true, but so the abs- if the absence of privilege is lauded, then the best application of privilege is to have less of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so how do we have less privilege? Okay. We put ourselves into positions of hardship. We milk our experiences or status as though those things are the foundation of knowledge and wisdom. <clears throat> also, we neglect to praise God for the blessing or privilege that he has given to us. Here's where it gets real. Is this something we really intend to pass on to our sons and daughters? Right. Um, should we raise and provide for and protect God-fearing, critically thinking children by promoting the human experience? Right. And this is going to sound a little, I'm going to appeal a little bit to emotion here. Okay. But not in a bad way, because these are the kind of things that you should be proud to be able to, to check off, mm-hmm. or rather not check off on that list of are you privileged. Okay. <clears throat> this was from the list. Yes. Okay. A child is sexually abused, is the victim of racism or bullying. Mm. Their parent dies. Mm. should we really be teaching them right to put these things should we want right these things for our kids 
right that they can like wear them as a badge of honor right that that would indicate to the world that they're wizened right is that really what we want what we want right do you really really want to teach your kids right that by having these experiences they are more complete and aware right and that's their identity right no if they don't experience these things right so they're privileged gonna look at your child and say like if you don't ever get sexually abused right like you don't you don't know because you're privileged you don't know as much right well, no, I think that actually that actually is something that people who sell this privilege myth believe. Right. Because they talk about trauma as though it's this thing where um, if you haven't experienced the exact same trauma, you cannot speak about it. It's right. the same thing as, well, since you're a guy and you can never have an abortion, you can't speak about it. Right. It's because lived experience is the zenith of thought and being as opposed to a real legitimate standard like scripture yeah and we've talked about that before where it's like you don't have to go through the same thing as me to minister to me right because you and i both have the holy spirit and the holy scriptures sometimes you're going to be more sober-minded on a topic that you haven't experienced absolutely yeah but you don't want that right no one who's gone through a trauma and is still resentful and right. holding on to that wants to hear from somebody who hasn't experienced it because they just want to nine times out of 10, if you're still holding on to that sinfully, you just want to let the other person know, well, right. you haven't gone through this. So don't talk to me about right. it. We've all done that. Right. Well, and so that's the thing that it's really sinful. The, yeah. What really, really bothers me about it is that, okay, you can just say like, Oh, it's just privilege. It just is what it is. You can't help it. Mm -hmm. Privilege is just this hand you get dealt. Mm -hmm. But please don't tell me that people with privilege are worse and people without it are better. And then and then try to say, well, we're not looking for anyone to strive either way. It's just the hand you've been dealt. One's good. One's bad. Sure. Don't strive for either. You can't. Right. That's not how that's not how it works. Right. People are looking to find their lack of privilege now. They are yes. just like wringing whatever experiences yes. they've had yeah. to say, look, I'm not, pri- nobody wants to be privileged right now. So right. you're telling me that you're not going to teach your kids to not be privileged? Right. That's what's going to happen. That's right. what you're passing down. I get that in this self-absorbed, involved culture mm-hmm. <laughs> that you think all of this just applies to me. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Right. Are you really going to pass that down to your kids? Right. How sustainable is the application of the way we use the word privilege now? Right. It's not sustainable. What happened to people? You know what? I've heard people, so many people say this. I can't even keep track. When I have kids, I want to give them better than what I had. Right. So you're saying, right. There's nobility in that. So you're saying you want your kids to be privileged. Wait, I thought it was a bad thing. And that's what I mean. (laughs) This is not a thing that anyone realistically should pass down. Right. So what is it worth? Oh, it's just like, it's just a way to describe the human experience. Well, I think it is careful of that. It's, it's a way to create class and race guilt. Yes. That's, that's the only purpose of it. It's guilt, right? It's guilt and resentment. And it's the opposite of what we should be teaching our kids, which is thankfulness for the gifts that they've been given. Right. 
Right. Like we should be teaching our kids to be thankful. Right. For what they have. And why not resentful of what someone else has. Well, and certainly not striving towards something that you, you sought to protect them from. Right. Right. And I mean, ultimately, so one thing that's really touchy that I wonder about is people are always talking about white privilege, but is the argument there that it's better to be white? Because I've never thought that. I've never thought like, I'm better than you because I have right. white skin. Right. That's not to say that there's no, there's nothing to talk about culturally. Right. In different ethnicities and cultures, there are things to talk about there. But I don't feel like having white skin is a privilege. I feel like um, I live in a country where most people's skin color is white, but not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a minority in my high school. My skin color wasn't the majority culture in my high right. school. Um, and there are plenty of parts in the country where white people are not the majority. Um, but is it really better? Like, what, what does that, what does it mean right. that it's, that it's a privilege? Well, because what, I don't believe that my skin color is like a gift from God. Right. Like, I believe that how God made me was in his image and I should be thankful for how I was made. Right. But I've never zeroed in on my skin color as a privilege. And I know a lot of people might disagree with that. Well, but I get that um, I live in a country where my skin color by and large is the majority. Okay. Well, so do Chinese people and so do British people and so do Russian people. And so do people in different countries in Africa. They are also the majority culture. Like, is it better in those countries to be that skin color? What's the argument here when you follow it through I just feel like when you're talking about white privilege, it's really just a way to say you need to feel guilty because more people have your skin color than have my skin color. Right. Well, why should I feel guilty about that? I didn't choose that. Neither did literally anybody else. Well, and that's what I mean. They they would say, they would say it's not, it's just the cards you were dealt. There's nothing you can do about it. But that's not when you actually follow that trajectory. That's not how it is. It's right. better to be less privileged. It is. Right. In this art, in this, yes, in this ideology. In, yes. Right. It is better. Well, it's, it's intersectionality. It's the oh, more yeah. oppression you have, the more you're inherently imbued right. with this knowledge that the other people don't have because right. they're blinded by the fact that they haven't been oppressed. But the thing about intersectionality, and I've been thinking about this more and more, is if you follow intersectionality to its natural conclusion, it's going to bring you to individuality because right. there's numerous, there's a, any number of ways that we all differ. Right. So whether or not you and I share a skin color, there's numerous ways in which you and I differ. I right. mean, think about how, how differently you and I were raised. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> We've had different sets of experiences, all this different stuff. Right. We could sit here and argue about who's had the worst life. Right. And it could take, if we wanted to do that, we could go on for the rest right. of the night. Right. But the thing is, is I think what we'd accomplish is just self-indulgence. Right. And so ultimately, my question is, how can we acknowledge the ways that we have been privileged in a way that lines up with scripture and and is a thankfulness to God instead of an ideology of resentment and, and bitterness towards people that, by the way, you are just assuming are different and less or more privileged yeah. than you because that's a day, huge assumption yeah. at the end of the day you 
each individual is also the arbiter of privilege. I get right. to decide without right. knowing your whole life story if right. I'm more or less privileged than you. Right. Exactly. Um, and I mean, you know, it's like in a way, and I haven't really thought this out, so maybe I shouldn't bring it up. But in a way, I think that this conversation around the popular use of the idea of privilege um, really misses the mark in terms of what God has to say about wealth and blessings. Um, Because it's like almost a given that if you have money and you have like wealth and you have these things, then you just have it better. But if you read Proverbs, when Proverbs talks about the wealthy man, I mean, when in Luke 18, when Jesus says that, it's easier to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, What is that really telling us about what it means to have a lot of things in the world? Now, I'm not the kind of person, I also don't think it would be biblical to run the opposite direction and just say, well, you know, uh, don't have anything and don't try to make money and, and whatever, because that's bad. Because we're also told in Proverbs that we should seek to give an inheritance to our children and, and all those things. But the point is, is that, if is the are we really buying the worldly message that material gain is a sign of God's blessing? Because a lot of time God gives the most wicked of people all kinds of material blessings. Right. Well, and he takes away from the faithful all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what's your what's your biblical view on prosperity and wealth and, and material and and what our station in the world should be? And right. I have well, a lot of questions. View, when what is your view on hardship? Like how effective is sanctification and hardship when right. you think it comes from something outside of God? Right. Like that he's not using it, that it's because of some societal evil. Right. I just doesn't you can't I don't think you can appreciate any of your privileges. Right. With privilege. Right. No, I <laughs> No, I completely agree with that. So it's just, I guess, I guess to wrap it up, or I guess the last thing I would want to say is that, you know, sometimes there are things and terms that the world is using that I think we need to either refrain from or maybe try to redeem or like, I don't know. And for, for the con for the conversation around privilege, I think we need to be very, very clear about what we actually value in life. Um, and what we think about justice and what justice is. I don't think, um, I think if you read a lot of more progressive Christian conversations around this, what you're going to find is this idea of wealth redistribution and things that are, that are completely un- unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be packaged as pious, just so you know. Yes, it will be packaged as compassionate, but it's really compulsory giving Whereas we're called to love justice and and mercy and um, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves, mm-hmm. not out of compulsion, not out of something that we've legislated. Right. But if you have been given privileges, you do have a responsibility to use them for the glory of God, number one. Um, and love of God, love of neighbor. That's what all law should come down to. Mm-hmm. Um and these things are supposed to be done with our heart, soul, and mind. And so I feel like we're seeing this shift now where um, there's actually a lot more political interest that I think that these groups have than we really realize. Um, and I think it's going to be playing out in front of our eyes 
really, really, really soon. Um, but the whole idea that essentially we, sh- you know, Christians are actually, if you look at the statistics, the most giving people, um, we adopt the most, we foster the most, we give the most financially. And that's out of a love of God and a love for neighbor. Mm-hmm. And But if you read the media and if you read what progressive Christians are talking about, Christians are just these very uncharitable, ungiving, unloving groups of people, but the numbers don't back that up. And right. so I think that when we talk about privilege, we really need to focus on um, how do we take what God has given us? You know, it's the parable of the talents mm-hmm. and turn it into more instead right. of burying it. Um, I don't believe that if you are born with a certain skin color that you're not, you're superior to anybody else. And I believe that you should want to seek to glorify God in whatever you've been given, whatever right. it is. Right. And acknowledge his sovereignty in that and seek justice and love mercy and love your neighbor, mm-hmm. but don't buy into this worldly fake compassion because right. that's what it is. It's fake compassion that's actually hiding a lot of resentment. Right. Well, and I just, I think the indictment, uh, if you want to think of the indictment on the church by certain liberal left-leaning church religious organizations, then the indictment really is against the Holy Spirit working through us. If you really want to say that all Christians Mm -hmm. are not charitable and they're not giving and they're not loving neighbor, then what you're saying is the Holy Spirit doesn't work. He's not working, is he? Mm -mm. Don't trust him. Yeah. We got to do it on our own as a society. Careful to indict the bride of Christ. Careful. Watch your words. You don't talk about somebody's wife that way. And I'm not trying to be silly. I'm being serious. You have to be careful how you talk about the people of God and where it's necessary. Okay, great. Do it. Yeah. But be careful with your words. Right. For sure. So if you guys want to leave us a long voicemail, our voicemail number is 470-465-0475. I did it. Got it. It took 99 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, do me a favor. um, Share this episode. Like, we need it. Mm -hmm. Like, Facebook doesn't care for business pages. No. And so when we post the episode, sometimes you aren't even going to find out. So if you haven't followed our page and liked it on Facebook, um, you can keep up with us there. If you like and share the post, then um, we love you back. Mm-hmm. And also just be the modern day reformation and do that. Um, what else do we have to tell them? Patreon. Patreon.com slash theologians. We have four uh, Patreon only videos up now. And there'll be more. And there will be more. And that is how we keep the mics on. So if this has blessed you, you can partner with us for six bucks a month and you can get some Patreon only content and uh, don't forget to tune in next week because it is our hundredth episode and we are just super excited about that. I don't know why. It's just really exciting. It just seems like something to celebrate, right? Yeah, it is. Did, in school, did you ever do the hundredth day of school celebration? Oh, yeah. Yes. So this was just in indoctrinated into us this is just one of those okay 100 big number it is a big number it feels like a big deal i don't know how we got here how did this even happen (laughs) i'm just i'm just really excited about it so it's been a privilege (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got how many did we get in this episode 
Two? Oh, I don't know. We only got in two. What just happened? I just rammed my face into the microphone. (laughs) I'm so upset that I missed it. (sighs) All right, you guys. um, That's it for this week. And we will see you next week. Yeah.